We need to be mindful of our influences. I think we can all agree that from an early age, the media we take in influences us. Um, I was reading this article about the weirdest things a TV show has ever influenced people to do. Has anyone ever been influenced to do something weird by a TV show? Anybody? Yeah? You're going to laugh. Okay, this is from an article I read. So this is one guy's response. He said, when I was 10 years old, I was watching Dragon Ball Z, which is an anime. Um, he said, one day, during a commercial break, I decided to go Super Saiyan. <laughs> now, if you haven't seen Dragon Ball Z, to go Super Saiyan, basically the characters are like these weird guys with like big hair. To become a Super Saiyan, you have to like stand really still. So you start screaming and grunting and like the ground starts to shake around you and the rocks come up and your hair turns yellow. And it's basically just like 10 minutes of screaming to become a Super Saiyan. <laughs> so he says, I started powering up in my living room, but only with quiet whisper yells. I was sitting down. Just going, like just like over and over again. And he says, um, when I was done, I looked over and saw my mom standing in the doorway just staring at me. (laughs) Said, I don't know how long. So all she saw was just this nine-year-old sitting down going, (laughs) so good. Um, Tonight I want to talk about specifically, though, maybe we'll talk more about media in another study, um, maybe next week or the week after. Tonight I want to talk specifically about people people who influence us. And we're going to start off by looking at this verse. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. I think here, this is a crazy real life example. This is seriously, I can't believe this. Um, Microsoft developed a robot Twitter account named Tay. Did you guys hear about this? Do you hear about Tay? The, okay. Tay was, um, do you guys know what artificial intelligence is? Yeah. Um, yeah, artificial intelligence is basically like when someone creates a computer program that is built to learn as it grows. They're trying to invent robots that can think. This was just a Twitter account. And basically, this Twitter account, when they launched it, was like a newborn baby. But its artificial intelligence technology meant she would develop her knowledge and personality based on what people tweeted her. So you can probably guess how this goes. Uh, So um, she had a habit of repeating the things people tweeted. So when she starts out, when she starts out, um, you know, within a couple hours, you know, she's tweeting like an average teenage girl. Just like, OMG, guys, I'm so stoked to be here. Like just that kind of stuff. Within 24 hours, she had become a full-blown Nazi because people tweeted her horrible things. Um, I looked up, these are things that she said. These are things that she repeated. Like, these were the conversations she was having. Um, She says, feminists are terrible people. I hope they die and burn in hell. She said, Hitler was the greatest thinker of our time. He was right about the Jews. I hate the Jews. She said, white is the purest race, of course. Um, She says, we're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. And then someone tweeted her a picture of a swastika, and she responds, this is in all caps, this is not merely a photograph. This is an artistic masterpiece. Dude. (laughs) Oh my gosh. From average teenage girl, 24 hours later, full-grown Nazi. Microsoft gave her the title, Tay, the AI fam from the internet that's got zero chill. I don't even know what that means. Um, But listen, listen, listen. Just like Tay, just like Tay, the artificial intelligence tweet bot, we learn from the influences around us. And we're not going to turn into Nazis overnight for most of us, but we pick up sayings, ideas, belief, habits, and actions from the people in our lives. 
human beings were created to be social creatures, meaning that we're most comfortable when we have friends and family around us. But, and friendship is an important part of happiness, but friendship can also have its negative aspects as well. Um, supposed friends can lead us into sin through their influence. Um, one of the ways that people can do it is by bringing idolatry into our lives. In the times before Jesus, a huge problem in the Old Testament was people, people leading one another to worship false gods. And back then, a false god was, you know, it was an idol. And you think of just like a little statue that someone would put in their house and bow down and worship the statue. Uh, but really, an idol is anything we put before God. Do you ever have friends distract you from following Jesus and worshiping God? You don't have to raise your hand, but do you ever have friends who they're not really ever pointing you to God? Like whenever you're doing things that are spiritual, they're the ones who are always just pointing you away from the Lord. Um, on a small scale, here's what that looks like on a small scale. It's uh, distracting one another, you know, in church or if you go to a Christian school in chapel. Um, the way it's idolatry is, you know, when you're sitting in a circle of people and there's a word from the Lord going out and you're trying to distract people, basically what you're saying is what I have to say is more important than what God has to say. And I'm not saying that in a prideful way because I'm not God. Like, I'm not like, yeah, like this is what God has to say. I, he told me directly. Like, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but the reality is whether I'm speaking or Katie's playing worship or Rachel sharing her testimony, God is here and he wants to speak through his Holy Spirit. It's the same with small groups. There's been times in small groups where, um, you know, when I was a kid, for sure, um, I was so focused on the joke about messing around that, like, my small group leader's trying to lead the discussion and trying to point us to Jesus, and 30 minutes goes by, and we haven't gotten anywhere because me and my friends are so dedicated to our jokes. And guys, me and the counselors, we're the same way. We joke around. We mess around. We like, we love joking. There's been times, honestly, I regret because I've been sitting with my wife in church. The pastor's trying to say something. I make a joke to her or show her something funny on my phone. And before I know it, the thing that God was trying to say, she totally missed. And that's on me. I'm the one who caused her to turn and look. And I realize that. And so I'm just trying to challenge you guys. Be an influence. Be a good one. Here's it on the big scale though. On the big scale, the way we can turn each other to idolatry is by basically saying to someone, here's stuff you can put before God. And you would never say that. You'd never say like, hey, let me tell you what you can put before God. But it's the reality of our actions. One is through partying. And I'm not saying going to any party is bad. Like when I grew up as a Christian um, in a little sheltered school with pastors, parents, or uh, my parents were pastors, I literally thought like any party was like of the devil. Like I didn't, I never went to birthday parties. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that extreme. Um, but you know what I mean? Like parties where there's obviously things going on that don't honor the Lord. Another is illegal drugs and alcohol or pornography. It's crazy how many teenagers get addicted to pornography because their friends introduce it to them. Another is relationships, trying to steer someone in your life, or maybe someone's trying to steer you to put a relationship with a guy or girl above following Jesus. Or maybe it's in a relationship where you, you just like, it's bad for them. Like that's, that's a, that guy is going to drag that girl down. That girl's going to mess that guy up, but you don't care. Another is disobedience to parents and authorities, deception, lying, doing things behind the back. These are all things that I'm sure that you've had friends who have influenced you to do these things because I know as sheltered as I was, I had friends who influenced me to do these things. Another way is bad advice and false comfort. Even if our friends do not lead us away from the Lord, they can provide false comfort and bad advice. There's a story in the Bible about a guy named Job who basically did nothing wrong. 
He was a perfect guy, loved the Lord, had a great family, had a big farm, had a great wife, all this stuff. Satan attacks him, sends a tornado, sends a storm, kills all of his children, kills all of his animals, destroys his house, and Satan strikes this guy with boils all over his body, just gnarly skin condition. And his friends come to him and they tell him things like, this is your fault. It's because you don't have enough faith. You know what? Just tell God you're done with him. What has he done for you? You know what? Just curse God and die. That's what they say. Just cuss God out and let him kill you. That would be the best thing. In our world, here's an example of bad advice. Um, I went on, uh, I don't know if you guys ever go on Yahoo Answers. It's the best place to find the worst answers in the world. Um, here, here's a, a girl who asked this question. Should I sneak behind my parents' back and see this guy who's a drug addict? My mom thinks he has a bad influence on me. Here are responses from actual people. Like, you think it'd be like, no, he's a drug addict. Like, don't do that. Come on. It's, it's obvious. Like, just there's so many better guys, literally, anywhere. Um, these are the responses. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Your parents suck. Girl, you have the right to be free. Here's another one. And it was, it was the letter U. You have the right to be free, girl. Here's another one. Tell her it's your life. You are. Tell her it's her life. And you, I'm not going to do that. Okay, so I'm just going to read it. Tell her it's your life and you want privacy. And if she still don't let you, just walk on out. Here's another one. This is from a guy. Eh, hey, go for it. I date a girl behind my parents' back. Well, they know now, but I did for a long time. If you're old enough for dating, you're old enough for a little independence. After all, what business is it of theirs? And then here's a final one from an adult. Um, go for it. As long, he is, as long as he doesn't hurt or abuse you, who are they to judge him? I think you know him better than they do. It's like, no, you, no, you don't. You don't know this girl. Like, she's on Yahoo Answers. You don't know her. Uh, she says, I think you know him better than they do. Don't outright disobey them, but there's no harm in seeing him. Wait, how? Um, she says, as far as I'm concerned, if he treats you good, honey, you've got a good man. Just, and then she adds, just make sure he's not a homicidal maniac killer. Like, how do you find that out? Like, how, how, how do you find that out until you're stabbed? I, I don't know. Do you have to walk into his, like, room and he's got, like, pictures of people on the wall with, like, knives in them? I, I don't know. Here's, here's the question, though. Guys, here's the question. I, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Um, are you listening to the advice of your worldly friends more than Jesus? That's the question. False comfort in sin and letting go of your faith is not the answer. That's not where you find comfort. You find comfort in the Lord. Other friends can use us. Other friends can prove false because they're pretending to love us only for their own motives, and then they end up stabbing us in the back. Psalm 55, verse 12 to 13 says this, it is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my friend, my companion. Some friends use us and then desert us when our friendship no longer benefits them. There's tons of stories in the Bible of people who have money and everyone loves them. And as soon as their money goes away, they get ditched. Here's the question. Are you under the influence of people who are using you? Are there people in your life who are just using you for their own benefit? Girls, is is there other girls or is there a guy in your life who's just using you for his own benefit? Guys, same question. Are there friends, guys, bros who literally just want to use you for something you have or some popularity status they think they can get to by going through you? Are there girls in your life who are just using you and you don't even know it because you're just like, she's so hot. Oh my gosh. I just want to be your friend. I just want to be in the friend zone and then get past it. Yeah. Like, is that where you're at? 
pray and ask God about all your friends. Are they the kind of influences that are influencing you for Jesus or just using you? We need to choose our friends wisely. Because again, I'm going to read it again. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, bad company corrupts good character. In Proverbs 12, 26, it says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. We are not to associate with those who entice us to do wrong, no matter how awesome their friendship seems. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says, these are six things the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. One is a proud look. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of that. A lying tongue. I've definitely lied before. Hands that shed innocent blood. I killed a caterpillar once. Uh, He didn't do anything wrong. Um, A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift to running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. I want to focus on um, verse 18. It says, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. Have you ever had a friend who just seemed like they always wanted to be the first in line to sin? Like, I don't know about you, but I have friends like that. Like, we're like literally like when something bad is going down, like, I don't know about you guys who went to Calvary, but um, at Calvary, it wasn't always cool to be Christian necessarily. And so sometimes when opportunities to be bad or deceptive or lie or do something behind the teacher's back or be disrespective would like come up, like sometimes it would be really easy probably to be quick to run to evil. I don't know about you, but I've had friends like that in my life where, think about it. Are there people in your life who are quick to disobey, who are quick to disrespect? When there's an opportunity to make a dirty joke, they're the first to jump on it. And when you're in your group of friends, when you're home alone, when your parents aren't home and everyone's hanging out the house, they're the one who is quick to suggest doing that thing you know you're not supposed to do. Those whose feet rush to sin should be avoided because the path that they choose doesn't lead to Christ. Now listen, there's a difference between a friend who struggles with sin. You know, some of you guys probably have friends who struggle with sin. I don't know about you, but I'm a friend who struggles with sin. <laughs> like we, we all struggle with sin. But the difference is, do your friends who struggle with sin admit their problems? Do they ask you to pray for them? Are you growing together? Because a friend who's unrepentant and just wants to do whatever they want to do, and then they get mad at you when you try to talk to them about it, that friend's only going to drag you down. Do you have friends like that in your life like where you try to like talk to them sincerely about like, hey, like I love you and I see this issue in your life and they're just like, nope, don't want to talk about it. I'm out. I'm out of here. I have friends like that in my life and it's, it's rough. Now listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh shoot, I can't think of anybody in my life who's like that. Maybe I'm that friend. Like maybe you realize like maybe I'm the one who's always quick to run to evil. Maybe I'm the one who's always the first in line to sin. Listen, if that's you, here's a way out of that. Here's a clear path out of that. One, be real. Be transparent. Be open to others. Like, I don't know about you, but I sin all the time. If you come to me and you talk to me about like the way you mess up, like, dude, let's talk about it. Like, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by Jesus. That's the only difference between you and me. Like, I'm, I'm a sinner, but I'm finding my strength not in my own efforts. I'm, every time I fall down on my face like a failure, which I do every day, I get back up because Jesus grabs my hand and I take it and I get back up. So if that's you, if you're that guy or that girl, be real, be transparent, be open to one another's and stop dragging other people down. Because remember, you're a leader. You're called by God to be a leader. So follow Jesus and others will follow Jesus because you're following Jesus. They're gonna follow you no matter what. Where are you leading them? 
Don't be so prideful that you can't admit that you have a sin issue. We all need to admit that. We all should be admitting that every week in our small groups. Man, I'm a sinner. Here's how. Pray for me. If we're just coming to pretend like we're good little Christian kids, like what is this even for? Like we're just lying to one another. Like we're sinners. We need help. We need prayer. We need one another. Pride and bad influence can lead to us destroying someone else's faith. Case in point, anyone ever read Mark Twain? Books by Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn, anybody? Anybody? A few people? Famous writer, had crazy Albert Einstein air. Um, he was a gifted writer. He hated Jesus. Hated Jesus. Um, he had a huge, huge contempt for Christianity. And he would often uh, would just make fun of the Bible. People who believe in the Bible, he'd make fun of them. Well, he met and fell in love with Olivia Landigan. She was a young follower of Jesus from a Christian family. And while they were dating, he uh, downplayed his lack of faith. He's like, oh yeah, Jesus, oh, yeah, we're cool. Me and JC, we're awesome. <laughs> Love Jesus. Haven't been to church in 17 years, but yeah, he's, he's great. So she agrees to marry him. Girls, be warned if this ever happens. Um, agrees to marry him. After their marriage, Mark Twain began to openly mock Christianity again in front of his wife. And before too much time, um, his wife stopped going to church because she didn't want to disappoint her husband who hated Christianity. So she just tried to keep her Christianity to herself because he wasn't going to walk with Jesus. So after a while, their family started going through many losses like families do. Families go through losses. Um, They lost a lot of money. They lost a house. They had a death of one of their daughters. And at that point, when their family was going through hard times, Mark Twain saw his wife going through the struggle and being really sad. And so he, he told her, he's like, you know what, sweetheart, uh, if it comforts you to lean on your faith in Jesus, you know, go ahead and do it. It's totally fine. Like, I know I've made fun of it in the past, but you know what, go for it. And she said, you know what, Mark, I can't, I don't have any faith left. His influence ruined her. It corrupted her faith. His him not taking Jesus seriously led his sweet wife who loved Jesus to completely fall away from the Lord. Let that be a, a message to me and all the husbands here and all the men here who want to be husbands. Our influence is a huge impact on the people in our life. Our influence can destroy our faith if we compromise and let them in. Here's to wrap it up. Here's my closing statement. I'll be honest, okay? In the 90s and early 2000s, some people in youth ministry made it seem so simple. They do illustrations like this, okay? They'd be like, all right, here's what we got. Check it out. Got a glass of water. This represents you. You're super pure. Here's water I scooped up from the toilet, okay? All right, let's just pour a little bit. Do you want to drink that? Anyone want to drink that? No, because it's corrupted and impure. Like that's, that's what we had, stuff like that. And there was kind of this message that was like, if you want to be a good Christian, it's easy. It's easy. Just stop hanging out with all the non-Christians. Just never hang out with a non-Christian ever. And you know what? If you've got secular music, throw it in a fire. I actually knew a guy who, he's my, uh, one of my youth pastors. I had like seven different youth pastors. And he had this like big revelation where God told him to like burn all of his CDs. Not literally, like burn CDs. Like in, well actually, yes, literally. <laughs> literally throw his CDs in a fire pit. And that was his thing. Um, for some, it's like, you know, the, the message in the 90s and early 2000s is like, stop watching any movie that cusses and make sure you attend youth group uh, and church almost every night of the week and you'll be fine. You'll never struggle with sin. You know what? I tried that. I had friends who tried that. We still sin. We still mess up. 
you know what? Like, regardless of like whether you're watching stuff or watching movies or listening to music, like even if you turn that stuff out, there's still influences in your life. You can't walk down the street and not be influenced. You can't go to your school and not be influenced. So you know what? The reason that doesn't work is because we're trying to do all these outward things for God to make up for the lack of what's in here, to make up for the lack of what's in our heart. Being a follower of Jesus is not about staying away from non-Christians. Here's what it's about. It's about allowing so many good influences and Jesus lovers into your life that when you step out the walls of the church to spend time with non-Christians, you are the one influencing them instead of them being the one who influences you. Does that make sense? Yeah, are you with me? It's not about only listening to Christian music and watching Christian movies. The reality is, unless you're a homeschool kid who lives in their parents' basement forever, at some point you're going to be exposed to people sinning either in fiction or in real life. You're going to see someone do something or say something that's inappropriate or not good. And plenty of you guys are at that point where you know, you're listening to tons of different music and watching different kinds of movies, and you're around people in your school who are always influencing you. Listen, it's not about making sure that everything you watch has a Jesus fish stamped on it. I can't give you a list of all the movies and albums Jesus approves of and doesn't and all the friends that Jesus wants you to hang out with and all the friends that Jesus doesn't want you to hang out with. It's not black and white. Listen, if you want, I can talk to you about your choices and we can reason together and pray. I love that. When someone comes to me, they're like, dude, like, I love this singer, but like when I listen to him, I feel like this check in my spirit, like maybe it's dragging me down. Like, let's talk about it. Let's pray through it. Sometimes the Lord calls us to give up things that influence us in a bad ways. Listen, here's what it's really about. For all of your influences in your life, think about it. Think about your influences. Think about what you let into your life. Think about what websites you let in. Think about what movies you let in. Think about what music you let in. Think about what people you let in. Just let's think of all the influences. I think the message to you tonight in this area is God is calling you to hold those influences, not like this, these are my influences, and they're mine, and I love them. My precious. You know what I mean? Smeagol. God is calling you to hold them like this, open-handed. That means you just say, hey, God. There's a verse in the Psalms. I wish I would have thought of it to wrote it down, but it says, search my heart, O God, and if you find anything in it that is not of you, take it away. That's what I've had to do. In my life, there's things where, there's things in my life I'd have, I'd have I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there's things in my life that I've had to give up that if I told you what they were, you'd be like, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like, that's totally, it's like, that's rated G, dude. Why'd you give that up? But it's like, you know what? I prayed and God said it wasn't for me. You know what I mean? So like, whatever, you know, it's, it's stupid for us to try to make a list of all the good things and bad things. You need to be a young adult. Like, you need to start going to God and saying, God, search everything. Like do a full scan of all the things in my life. And if there's anything that's leading me to sin, man, if there's movies that I'm watching that are just causing me to think inappropriate thoughts and they're causing my heart to be stirred and getting angry in these ways, or, or I watch, you know, that girl disrespect her mom on that show and go behind her back and lie. And you know what? That kind of makes me want to do it too. Like whatever, fill in the blank. If you're, whatever you're doing, just ask God, is this affecting me in any way? And then when he tells you, listen to him, listen to him. Because we don't want to let bad influences poison us. Because like we saw at the story of Mark Twain, it's so easy for those influences to destroy our walk with the Lord. A little bit of poison gets in, you think it's fine, but it kills you slowly. We need to always be on the lookout. So to wrap it up, here are some very simple, basic, practical ways to be a positive influence in a negative world. I'm going to read these, then I'm going to pray, and then you can talk about it with your groups. One, 
Don't seek out crowds or situations that cause you to fall or make bad choices. If you know that this group of people is gonna cause you to sin, stay away. And then pray for them and then go back and be a missionary one day to them. Another, walk away and encourage others from walking away from foolish and risky situations that can cause you or others to stumble onto a road leading to harm. Don't ignore or turn away from an opportunity to positive influence. Don't ignore an opportunity to be a positive influence. If it comes up, take it. You'll never regret being a positive influence. Remember, just one conversation with someone could change their life and impact them forever. Love others enough to be honest with them. If we pretend to approve of bad influences and wrong choices, if we, if we just pretend that we approve of people's sin because we don't want to offend them, then we're just going to draw those people down to destruction too. If we are reinforcing their bad decisions and encouraging them towards to sin, it's, it's going to ruin them. Sometimes they'll take us down with them. Don't compromise your good influence to fit in with others. Don't be selfish. Jesus calls us to live selfless. Be strong in the Lord in order to turn the negative situations and negative influences around. It's so rad when somebody in our lives is able, like, I don't know about you, but I have, so, I have certain friends who they can come into like just the gnarliest situation, the most sinful situation, and they just, they turn everyone's eyes on Jesus. They just say something, everyone, all of a sudden everyone isn't thinking about sin anymore. They're just thinking about God's grace and love. Be that kind of person. Speak the truth to others in love without judgment. Seek out a mentor, a trustworthy adult who shares your faith. Young men, find a guy who you can have as a mentor. If, if you guys don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody you can look up to and say, man, when I'm struggling, I text this person and I ask some questions. Like if, I, if I'm going through something hard, I'm gonna tell this person how I'm feeling. Even if I feel like right now, like I don't believe in Jesus and I don't follow him and I don't even care about him. Like I know this guy cares about me and I'm gonna text him and tell him that so that he can speak to me truth. Do you have someone in that life? Girls, do you have someone like that in your life? Think of your small group leaders. Man, if, if you're not connected with them in a, in a better way, tonight, like ask them, can I get your number? Start texting them. Like, this is why these guys are here. These are why these adults who work jobs and are married and have lives commit to coming here on Wednesday nights because they want to be here for you. They want to show you the path to following the Lord. Be the kind of friend that you want to have. And I'll just end with this um, story really quick. Today, I was having a really bad day. I lost something um, for the beach bonfire. And I was trying to find it, and uh, I couldn't find it. And I was really upset. And I was running around all day for like hours trying to find this thing. And I was just all flustered. And Pastor Dave Hummel, do you guys know Dave? He's like this guy at the church with like a big old mustache and like a mullet. He's amazing. Yeah. He looks like Commissioner Gordon. He comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, hey, Aaron. Seems like uh, you're a little stressed. I'm like, yeah, Dave, I am. He's like, well, let's pray right now. I was like, oh my gosh. And, and Dave just prayed with me and it changed my whole day. It was amazing. That's the kind of influence I want to be. Somebody who's always looking to see how I can point someone else to Jesus. That's what we need to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. And we thank you, Lord, that you love us and that you're constantly trying to influence us in positive ways. And Lord, we've talked about a lot of things. We've thrown a lot of ideas out on the table. Uh, and God, just as we close in one song of worship, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us and help this to sink in. As we sing this song to you, I pray that you would influence our heart. 
in an amazing way, that you'd speak to our heart as we sing back to you. I pray, God, that you would stir us up to encourage one another. As we go into these small groups, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, not to distract one another, but to point one another to you. I pray that everyone in the small groups, whether they're guy groups or girl groups, will be so focused on how can I influence the people. And I pray for the people in this group who feel like they're not an influence. Maybe they're shy. Maybe they're, they feel like you know they're not one of the outspoken people. Maybe they feel like they're not really that spiritual. God, I pray that tonight would be a night of change for them and that they would find how they can be an influence just by their actions and their words. We love you, Lord, and we want to honor you right now. In your name, 